Okay, so I was just gonna say I've been working on my uh, Frank Sinatra impression. Okay, so I'm ready. Tell me what you tell me what you all think. Tell me, close your eyes and tell me if you feel like this is me singing or this is the actual recording. This town is a lonely town, not the only town. Like this town, <laughs> this town. Okay, is Adam, a could make you town. Yep. Yeah. Could you now sing it, and I, I we could compare it? Oh, that was me. No, you're joking. That was that wasn't Frank. I swear that wasn't I, Frank. That was Adam. Whoa! Wow. I want to shake your hand. <laughs> yeah, that's how you you know I'm. To, you have to be trustful <laughs> and to the word of yeah whatever they say in the movie <laughs> I think that was the weirdest part of the movie to me that they put so much weight on having <laughs> had shaken his hand it's because I'm... Frank Sinatra was in the original Oceans I think I've never oh. seen it. The OG, OG Ocean. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Frank Sinatra was Danny Ocean, I'm pretty sure. No way. Oh. Yeah. Um, I don't know that much about the original Oceans besides I tried to watch it once a long time ago and I did not finish it because I really could not follow it. But yeah, that is my little... Hmm. Damn, I didn't even realize that. That makes so much sense. I thought it was just like, he's like, you know, like old time trustworthy guy i guess yeah i don't know he's not even known for being vibes. trustworthy isn't he known for being like associated with the mob frank sinatra i think he's yeah. just like the isn't he just like the epitome of just like cool like it's just like us oh, sinatra and it was the time and uh, <laughs> people wore fedoras yeah. <laughs> I also pack. thought it was just like he was like cool white guy from the fifties or something. Like, yeah, like, he is. That yeah. they really just put like a lot of weight in that, but it makes more sense that if he was in the original Oceans. Um, but hello everyone, welcome to your favorite movie podcast. Is it Whack? I'm one of your hosts, Funke, and in this podcast, we will be diving into everything Whack for this very cool movie and very action filled. Pack to the brim movie. Um, I'm joined by my co-host uh, Nara. Yeah, that's me, not Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Hannah. <laughs> Hello. And Adam. <laughs> that's me. I'm. I have to say, I'm very upset. Our fifth co-host Seb is not here because I feel like this is like his. I thought he picked it. Honestly, no. Um, <laughs> it was because I, I. I wasn't here for the last one, but. It's clever action. That's, oh, that's it. It's a oh, very nice one. So good. I feel like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I'm saying. Oh yeah, we well we watched today Ocean's Thirteen. Um, who brought this one in? I did. Oh, awesome. Nara awesome. did. Um, yes, Ocean's Thirteen arguably the worst out of the uh oceans trilogy but are you serious have you seen the other ones no this is the, my first oceans, 11? oceans movie 
Okay. Ocean's Eleven well, is so I was, good. I was gonna ask y'all, like, is it weird that I'm watching Thirteen? Because even just looking at the title, it feels like such it's- a like I'm. <laughs> I should have watched others before it. Like there are there's 12. so much of it where it's like you'll it'll be a lot more fun if you watch the other ones. Yeah. Um, but it seems like an objectively worse movie if you've seen the other ones because the other ones are like, I don't know about Twelve, but Eleven is like genuinely just a 12. very 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 good yeah. film. Ocean's 12 is also super fun. The filmmaking quality goes down slightly. And then this one is just on the crazy in its own I don't know. I I would just, I would say like, I I watched Ocean's 11 and 12 in preparation for this episode. I had never seen them before. You had never seen them? They're so good. Ocean's 11 is, I can't believe I'd seen it and you hadn't. Sorry, please go on. No, that's okay. Well, I I mean, I, I... I think Ocean's Eleven is kind of just like the perfect heist movie. It's so like, bad. it's you know, it's structured so perfectly. <laughs> the heist is so, it's so clear. It's like it's an impossible heist, but they get together eleven people with very unique mm-hmm. skills and capabilities, and then they each use their very specific skills and capabilities in order to pull off the perfect heist with many twists and turns that you would never expect. Uh, and it's basically just like a perfect heist movie. And uh, like Ocean's peak 12 is much. Clooney. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. just and all Clooney the doing his best, like, Clooney bullshit. Sorry, please go on. Ocean's 12, I, I love It's It's a lot, like, weirder uh, and kind of like, um, I don't know, kind of like an anti heist in some, in some way. Uh, it's like they're trying to compete with this other, or this, this other guy has, like, exposed the Oceans team as the the people behind the heist in Oceans 11. And so the person that they stole from is like coming back to, to get his money. Uh, and they have to basically like steal something that... I, I'm so bad at explaining stuff. In oh Oceans, God, I'm so just yeah, exposing how terrible 12, I am like, explaining stuff. Because you've seen <laughs> okay. 13, so you know some of the characters. But basically Terry, the guy who owns the... Bellagio, the other um, casino, he they they stole from him in the first movie, and then he gets exposed. Like he finds out that they stole from him in the second movie, and he's like, "I want my money back, or I'm going to turn y'all into the FBI." The guy, he, the guy who like helped pay for their drill. Yeah, Andy yeah, the Garcia. guy who helped, yeah, who helped pay for the drill, and then so then they in twelve, it's just them doing a bunch of like odd jobs, basically to try and make enough money to pay him back. Wow. Nice. I really, really like this movie. And I, it makes me happy that y'all are saying, like, this is, like, the other ones are better. And, like, Eleven's the perfect heist movie. <laughs> I gotta watch these then. Yeah. They're just so fun. I I haven't seen Ocean's 12. So I was wondering where Julia Roberts went. Um, <laughs> yeah, it but... sucks that she's not in this. It sucks that well, I she's kind of she's kind of the 12th member of the team. And the That's other what I heard. And so... Can someone spell out who the 13 are for me? Because I, I know... know... Okay, so I think the 13th in this is supposed to be... I don't know if they're just carrying on with the franchise, but in my mind, the 13 are Roman and Terry are, like, the other two that are on right. to round out the 13. Um, but then I'm also, like, Ruben's, like, not really in it, so does that negate him as one of the 13? So then we're just back to 12. But wait. Yeah, he kind of plays a role, I guess. And just shows up at the end. Yeah. 
What about Matt Damon's dad? Is he one of the 13? I think he's What not- was that? Matt Damon's dad is explained a lot more in 12, so then it like okay. makes more sense when it, he comes up in 13. Yeah. Because I, again, Tris tried to fill in the blanks between 11 and 12, or 11 and 13, which, like, yeah, Funke, gotta say, like, this movie is fun and all, but if you want, like, this at it like way better quality watch oceans 11 like tonight it's so good mm-hmm. i don't know maybe the, maybe 13 is just all of the factory workers in mexico like <laughs> that was the best b plot ever like when they, they sent the guy down they're like all right shut down this shut down the strike like just go and talk to him and get the this place back together and then the next shot is just him like mm. throwing a molotov <laughs> at the cops Oh my I God. love those characters, and I hate that it's Casey Affleck. I hate it. Yeah. I but I do like like I hate that it's Casey Affleck, but I do appreciate that Casey Affleck's best performance is this like very minor bit character in the Ocean's franchise. Mm. His best performance, not the movie he won Best Actor for. I know this is seen. his best performance because <laughs> I like actually don't know what other Casey Affleck films I've seen, but this is his best performance just because half of it is him getting shit on by his brother <laughs> i just love like the two characters yeah okay that's supposed to be his brother they're tw- they're yeah, mormon they're... twins okay what they're yeah mormon. i knew they were mormons i knew they mentioned that when in their introduction in the first one i couldn't remember that they were brothers um, yeah, it it doesn't. The, this movie doesn't really introduce the characters. No, um, no. <laughs> kind of throws it in like, oh, you know this guy. Hey, he's coming back. Yeah, here. because that when you guy. watch the first movie, they introduce the characters. Yeah, no, no, but I I don't think it's it's bad because the way they like the characters interact with each other, you kind of like see the parts of the personality that really stand out, and I think they do a good job at like showcasing each of the characters enough so you kind of see what like what their deal is and what their thing is i didn't know all of their like special trait which i assume they all have like some super cool underground skill that got them in this club um but i do know that they all like work together very well um and that was fun and it seemed like they really enjoyed each other i think yeah that love oceans the... 11 funky yeah <laughs> well that that's the thing that uh is just like a little more disappointing about the heist in this versus like the heist in the first one which is like we know so specifically the like very clear skill that mm-hmm. each of them brings to the group. And it all comes in so like so perfectly in the first mm-hmm. one, in the first heist. Like it's like every little thing that yeah. even like, you know, we're speaking of Casey Affleck's character, even in that it's like he's introduced at being really good with like robotic cars. And then that becomes oh. like a big part of the heist. Yeah. Uh, in this one, I felt like a lot of the time it was just kind of like, oh, who, who's the character we can throw in in this scene? Like, who do we need to to have a scene now? But it's less like everyone's very specifically defined skill, like yeah. coming yeah. In, in order like, to, to make the whole thing work. Matt Damon's like an expert, like pickpocketer. And in this, he's yeah, just like a one. seductor and like... <laughs> <laughs> Like, really, none of them are, like, they're barely doing the thing that they do. Some of them, I guess. But, like, it is funny because the first movie's all about, like, assembling the perfect heist team. And, like, everyone, or they're pulling people from all over the world just to, like, perfectly fit this. All with the specific skill they need. And then in this one, they're like... They're like, I'm going to go into the tunnel. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, but as someone who hasn't seen the other ones either, it it, it felt good. Like I, it was still super mesmerizing to hear them like go through this plan, and then like when shit went like hit the fan, they're like, oh damn, what are we gonna do? I have literally everything in this. And I was like, no, you have everything in this. And then they keep going. Um, and then like watching it be executed, like the second half of the movie, um, it was just like mesmerizing. It was like a Rube Goldberg machine. Just like seeing everything like fall into place was just so satisfying. I was like, oh my gosh, yes, they're doing it. They're making it happen. Yes, yeah. What's for, for, first off, it just must be stated Ruben Goldberg machine because the character <laughs> that they're doing all this for is Ruben. <laughs> Ruben Goldberg machine. I just wanted to put that out there. But yeah, I, I you know, with, with what we... <laughs> No, that's amazing. I think that was really important to say. But uh, with what we were talking about, like, yeah, this one is less like what's the very specific skill everyone's bringing to the table. This one and... Ocean's 12, I feel like we're more just about like the the strength of collaboration in general, like rather than like everyone's specific skill coming together and like all playing yeah. a part. It was just kind of like, what, look what we can accomplish when like a group of people works together. Because the big, the big thing that should be noted in that regard in number two is that they're basically like pitted against this one like kind of egomaniac like he thinks that he's the greatest uh thief of all and that he can like do everything on his own and and uh, and the whole like conflict that movie sparks from like him pedal pettily wanting to prove that he's the greatest uh thief so he like you know rats on the ocean's crew and then gets them to do a bunch of shit but the ocean's crew ends up like triumphing because you know they all worked together and figured out the perfect way to execute this thing whereas he like you know he he just think he just thinks he's the best and thinks he can do it all on his own and it's um yeah and i think this one you know falls in line with that with that with that thematic like yeah through line i guess as well it's less the uh individual skills coming together and more just like yeah, we all work well together. We can pull this off. We can kind of trade roles. We can do our thing. Yeah. Yeah. But like also in the first one, it's kind of like you understand that like the stakes in it for Clooney are like personal. Like I guess they're personal here, but it's like the ultimate like actual thing he can win is the heart of Julia Roberts or whatever in the first one. And then in this, it's like I feel like the Ruben stuff was almost like, it just feels super, like, divisey, where it's like, we, we know you guys want to just watch them do shit, so we're going to give you a reason to watch them do shit. But, like, honestly, if they just gave us, like, an even... Was he was he not an important character in the other ones? Because I got the impression he was, like, massive. Like, he taught all these guys how to, like, pick locks and... He is hack. more... But it's very much like a sequel kind of thing where they're like okay we need an excuse for all these guys to get together and do this thing so now we're just throwing which is like fine it's, it's like also fun. like in the other ones ruben was important and it also makes sense for like his character get to get into this situation plot wise but it's like ruben didn't really like do anything in the actual heists he was just their like funder he money was like guy. i got the money so you can buy all your expensive stuff Oh, mm -hmm. sick. But he is just a fun character in the other he's ones, so too. Fun. He's, like, wears head-to-toe Versace and, like, smokes cigars. <laughs> and it's just, like... Um, Seb that got really was... mad at me because I was, like, that 
guy is Ross and Monica's dad on Friends, then he was like, that's, uh, I can't remember the actor's Elliot name. Gould. He's, Elliot Gould. He's like, he's a famous actor and was like, oh my God, it was just so ashamed of me. <laughs> uh, the, the start of the movie, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Brad Pitt is in the middle of a heist yeah. and then gets a phone call and walks out of the heist. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Such a I was good like, way yeah. to open a film. <laughs> it was literally, I was like, wow, this is, these guys are pros. First of all, I know they're pros and they're bros too. Like they... it was the sickest <laughs> intro I've ever seen. <laughs> pros and bros. Yeah. But that's kind of sweet that he's just like, yeah, I'll drop the thing I'm doing to go and help, help my real, help my real friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's in the hospital. Pitt and Clooney. Thickest thieves. Yeah. BFFs. I love BFFs. I love the Pitt and Clooney dynamic. <laughs> yeah. Wait, but before even uh, that first part of the movie, though, there's the awesome studio logos at the beginning. Oh with my God, the, with like, the... They're so colorful. Yeah. And there's all like the, yeah, the, oh man, it was so cool. I love when yeah. they just do like different versions of the studio logo at the start of a movie, you know, and there's some kind of like alternative. You're like, ooh, I know I'm in for a special flick. I know I'm in for a special flick because they changed. Yeah, I know. They didn't do the the fanfare. They like put in some different music, changed the logo. I mean, we're we're in for a treat. I really um, wonder about like the making of these films. And I really hope everyone was having a good time because it sort of seemed like the main motivation to make the follow-ups were A, because the studio were like, oh, these can make money. And B, because the crew were just like, we have so much fun making these because the filmmaking so. in this, it's not sloppy, but it kind of, like, is all over the place. Like, they use so many different fonts throughout the film. And there's, like, also, shots like, where you can see the camera in reflections and stuff. And I'm like... They're having of... fun. The entire yeah, movie is a montage, basically. But, like, yeah. it is rarely... And so we know Soderbergh can do a lot better than this. But I feel like it's just fun. I don't know. Well, he's yeah, just it, trying stuff. I don't know. There's a lot of like weird visual things that he does where it's just like, yeah, he he wants to he wants to play around. He he's got this massive budget. He's gonna use it to do weird stuff. Yeah, I mean, just, yeah, I I, I, I think they, these sound like very fun movies to like be a part of. Like, yeah, because like, yeah. in my mind, I'm like either it was like it's kind of. Like, either you can see it as, like, lazy filmmaking because nobody really was invested in the project and nobody really wanted to do it. Or you can see it as just, like, incredibly fun filmmaking because everybody just loved these movies and wanted to, like, go to the extremes and try all their crazy ideas out on it. And I like the more optimistic Mm -hmm. version where everybody was having fun. Especially with giant ensemble, like, projects like this, you just really hope that it was as fun as it looks, like, everyone working together and, like, can someone tell me where Julia Roberts was, though? I'm genuinely concerned. I don't know Can... where Tess or Brad Pitt's GF was. Yeah. Um, it sucks that both of them aren't in the movie. And I am... they're, a, they're like a part of the crew at the end of the other one. But maybe and the actors just didn't want to be in the movie. They Julia... just have like one tossed off line at the start where they're like, this isn't their fight. And then you never hear about them ever again. It sucks. Yeah. Julia Roberts is literally like... Her character is no the spoilers, reason no spoilers, George no George Clute. Okay, but she's just the motivating factor for Danny Ocean in the first movie. Like she plays an important role in the plot. And I'm gonna say, this movie's fun. 
but I really don't like the, how this movie deals with women as a like no all of the female characters yeah. are dirt and just so sexist like yeah yeah so like that there's true. that which is like I don't nice. it's not like I'm holding it to these really high standards but there it's I don't think not, those are high standards yeah I don't like they're <laughs> not very nice to women at all but it's like you like even if they just were like didn't include women and like whatever but it's like they just all the women they showed were like kind of derogatory except like maybe that one random lady who like was in on their plan but did she even have a name i don't remember and the person at the desk i think it was debbie yeah okay well okay so debbie was fine but like also i don't know it's just like you can have like a fun bro movie and like not be sexist it's like so possible i'm not even like i don't need this to have some kind of feminist messaging or anything but it like yeah yeah. i hear that a lot and it's that is weird because like it feels like they also have a i thought it would be way more oh like we're men doing this stuff but their idea of masculinity is kind of uh interesting like they're Mm -hmm. crying watching oprah and stuff and, like, yeah. the Oprah scene at the end is also, like, a funny thing for them. But, yeah, it doesn't line up also with, like, how they actually treat women, too, in the movie. It's 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 weird. Like, I don't know what their ideas are in the movie. They're all over the place kind of for me. Well, it's just, so like, true. obviously early 2000s action movie. Again, like, my standards aren't that high. But it's, like, they were just so, like, lazily written and like had like no agency especially that one like um i can't remember the woman abby is she the one that works for yeah al pacino like jesus also he so he like drugs her and i know he doesn't do anything with her but it's still like whack and and then the two girls that like their whole role is to seduce the like biker guy so that um like don Cheadle can like steal his clothes and they're like, okay, Saul, we're on it. And even before he calls them, they're like talking like this. And they're like, I just love that she's in the magazine. And it's like. Yeah. Yeah. I'm especially, sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, especially after Ocean's 12, yeah. which like Catherine Zeta-Jones and uh, Julia Roberts, like they so do have cool. clearly defined uh, roles and personalities and psychologies and, you know, make like active character decisions in those movies. And then for them to, yeah, not like there's just a passing mention of them at the start of the movie and then it never factors in at all. And there's no female characters throughout the entire movie. Exa- yeah. Aside from, yeah, I guess the one woman who just gets. Yeah. And then the rest of them like. Wants to have sex with Matt Damon. Well, yeah. And it's like all of their roles have to do with sex in some capacity. Even, like, mm. the woman who's, like, in on it, the desk girl, isn't she sleeping with Brad Pitt? Or she's, like, Brad Pitt's, like, flirting. There's, like, I don't know. I couldn't really pick he up on it. He just offered her but, a like, job at a hotel. Oh, it just seemed like they were, like, maybe it's just Brad Pitt. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Also, like, you know, you have this kind of crew of, like, men who are all different kind of like types they all look different and all the women in this movie are like conventionally attractive 
sorry I don't want to get to like if that's not what this movie's about and I don't need this movie to be the epitome of feminism but it just was like it just I don't know it seems like a weird direction to go for the third movie in your franchise um yeah when you take out like the female protect like characters I don't know sorry has anyone seen Ocean's 8? Yeah. Not yet. I was waiting to finish these three. I've That's seen... in the same thing universe as this? Con- yes, vaguely. The, the OCU? The only connection is that um, Sandra Bullock's character is Danny Ocean's never-before-mentioned sister, Debbie Ocean. And that's Whoa. it. It's not directed by Soderbergh, which it's, like, already, I don't know. It's, like, why make it if we're not even going to have, like, the guy who did it, the other ones, so well, like, do this. And then it's, like, instead of, you know, some big casino heist, they're stealing jewels from the Met Gala, which is fun. But it's also, like, okay, here's the girl thing. Like, they're going to (laughs) go take necklaces which seems like small potatoes compared to like all the shit they do in oceans 11 great cast compared to like the biggest casino heist ever yeah yeah literally I know. the impossible casino heist and i want more for all the women involved in it because it's like fucking rihanna and like kate blanchett and sarah paulson mm-hmm. and like all these like anne hathaway these like awesome women and but it's lame I, they should. that is weird that yeah. it's not directed by the same person who did the other oceans it was like, just in it's the same with like the ghostbusters remake it's like they didn't bring true. back like the people behind the original they just were like here girls we're not going to think of anything original for you that it's going to hold up to like the same status we're going to like recycle this material and make it so hated by everybody because it doesn't live up to like the great original and not bring on the people who made the original great Mm. anyways detour but what do you think of Don Cheadle's British accent I love Don crazy right <laughs> Don Cheadle kind of liked it I, I, it's I insane think, <laughs> I think it's awful but I think it really pays off when he's doing the gag where he is doing the American accent as somebody who is British trying to do an American accent <laughs> I did not realize he was trying to do a British accent I didn't know <laughs> what was going on. I, I'm sorry. I is I know they don't explain it in the first one. Do they explain it in the second one? Why he has a British accent? Like why that's imper- like an important he's, part he's, of his character that he's, he's British. He's just British. British. The character's just British. But, I think yeah. he just made a choice. <laughs> like that's just, the, that's just the choice that the actor made, that Don Cheadle made. And... Uh, <laughs> I respect but it. You gotta just, make bold character choices. I love it because I feel like in movies you either like maybe someone's really good at an accent so they'll just do it for fun or someone has to do it and they're not very good at it. But Don Cheadle didn't have to do it and he's not very good at the British accent. And it's just... <laughs> I don't think That's... it's that bad. I don't think it's that bad of an accent. I feel like it's just very I, I know generic. Makes fun of it, but I think it's fine. Because he's like, hey, mate, like... I love the character. I love the way he dresses. I love all his, like, scarves and stuff. I just think it's such a funny, like, I don't know. That was a Okay, he was a character as well where, like, in the first one, it's clear he's, like, he knows how to use these big, like, it's not really tech. He was the explosive dude. 
Yeah, he's like an explosives guy. Like he knows how to use this big like uh uh was it like a radioactive thing or whatever that shut down all the power in the city for like Yeah, yeah. That's when they steal and it then in, in the truck, right? And then And you minus... would think he'd be yeah, doing yeah. that now because they had to shut down that thing. Yeah, why wasn't he the one doing it? It doesn't it's so odd. It was like it was Casey Affleck and the other guy that were like controlling the the levers in the basement. And but he maybe, started you know, it. He was doing. He was in the. Uh, he was in the first uh, drill that came from the not the French side of the. He was the one in charge. Of oh the first, yeah, yeah. He, he was like calling, right. and he was like, "Oh, was he?" He was oh, like, "It's like a knee without cartilage," and I was like, "He's I'm, like, we need a team for this. I I used to use have to full teams on this, but it's just me." And he was oh, in the I did not remember drill. this, so I retract but, my point. And then he was but like, he was like, he, hey Linus, can you bring this to Ruben? And then Linus was like, I'm not, I'm not reading that. Yeah. Which uh, that confused me. What was the whole thing with Linus and him and the letters? Like, I don't. Why wouldn't he read him the letter? Because he didn't like the flowery language. Yeah, okay, I think it was like I... no homo or something. <laughs> but- See, like, at first, I thought that it was Don Cheadle, like, professing his love to, like, Reuben. <laughs> but then that wasn't, I don't know. I think he was just being very nice to his friend that is in a coma or something. So like, then Matt Damon's just, like, a jerk? He's Matt like, Damon's hey, I don't want to read these nice words. Matt Damon's character is a little baby in all of these films. I know. He's like, yeah. I'm from but Boston. That's kind- that's kind of the point of his character, though. Like he, uh, his so background. Also, I feel like we should do uh, a Seblis summary corner. We never did that. At this point, we're so. Funny. I mean, hey, we could still do it. But anyway, about Matt, we'll do it after. I so Matt Damon's character is like his uh, his parents were master uh, thieves, criminals, master thieves, um, and so he's kind of like in their shadow. And uh, Ocean's got to recruit him in the first one. He's like a pickpocketer. That's a great you know, scene. He, yeah, it's a really good scene. And um, yeah, I don't know. He's like, he's yeah, he's kind of a baby. He's kind of a baby. He wants to be like more, you know, have a little bit more power and, and, and mm-hmm. control within like the group. But he's just kind of like the, the kid of famous thieves. And uh, in the second one, they come through in a pivotal moment and save the 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 team, let get them out of jail or or, or something like that, right? Happens in Ocean's Twelve, right? Nara, yeah, can they, you confirm this? Um, Ocean's Twelve, it's like another double cross with sort of like FBI type thing. I don't know if it's actually the FBI, but it's another FBI like Secret Service double cross thing. But wait, in Ocean's Eleven too, though, isn't? it also like we get a surprise switch where we think Matt Damon fucked up and then it was like, haha, actually there was this other secret. Oh wait, sorry. I'm spoiling this for fun. But I swear every movie, there's a, <laughs> a twist with Matt Damon involved at the end. In both the first two, there's kind of a like, yeah, like a, Oh, you think they fucked up, but then it was like, Oh, it was actually part of the plan. Well, I guess it, the second one, it's less part of the plan. They kind of just get bailed out. I'm but in the third though. one too. What is his dad? If his dad's a master thief, how is he a cop or FBI too? I think that's his thing. Like, I think that's his cover is that that's how he can do his master thieving is because he has inside info. I think it's never like clearly explained, but that's yeah. what I've gathered. I, I, I thought he was arresting these dudes. And then he's like, all right, let's get in the helicopter the and get out of here. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think he is an FBI person. That's, but that that's what like, um, 
what Clooney, what Ocean's referring to at the end when he's talking to Pacino and is like, you know, well, you could go, you could go to the cops, but you're not going to go to the, or cause like he, he knows, you know, he's the, the oh. they, they have better relationships with him than they have with Pacino. So they're not going to like help out Pacino. So he's like got that, better right? relationships that's, that's with the, the cops and with the underground scene. <laughs> I think he was referring to him? the FBI guys, right? I don't know. George Clooney is so charming. Like That he, is sick. If, if anyone can do that, it's George Clooney. Yeah. Some I, very powerful lines in this. I think they're very great action just one-liners. They're the so good. This, like, totally. Most of this movie is just like one-liners. And exposition is literally exposition <laughs> and one-liners. Like, that's and it. montage and like split screens. And um, I had the subtitles on and it was always like jazzy theme music. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So oh, exotic. Jazzy theme music, all right. <laughs> yeah. So good. Um, uh, should, should we se- summarize? Seblis seb- seb- summary corner? I Let's try it. I would look. Can I summarize? Please. I would love to summarize. Yes. Okay. So, okay. Ocean's 13. Nara's. Final It's the Nara's summary quarter. Of the Ocean's trilogy. Um, the gang is getting back together to save their friend Ruben, who was done over by Willie, Willie Banks. Is that his yes. name? Is that his Willie? Yeah, He's not yeah, bankable. Yeah. William Banks uh, pulled one over on Ruben, and Ruben... Played Wind. by Al, so we can get the return of Hannah's Al Pacino impression. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> don't, don't try to get in my casino. <laughs> that kind of sounds like Matt Damon's dad, too, who's also like, I came to save your son. Um, yeah, but anyway, Al Pacino um, pulls the rug out, or the casino out from under Ruben. Um, and then Ruben goes into shock and is in a coma stasis i'm not sure he has medical issues um so then the oceans uh, oceans 10 10 of the oceans uh come back together to try and revive ruben in a revenge plot against um al pacino that gets more and more uh convoluted as the film goes on um because he is making an impenetrable totally foolproof um casino that is the best he's ever seen and their main goal we find out at the beginning is not to bank out on this and not to to make money their uh only goal is to ruin banks and uh revive their friend ruben yeah they're not trying to bank out they're trying to get banks I out love that objective so much also very funny adam <laughs> 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 How does that compare to the uh, Ruben Goldberg machine? Uh, Ruben Goldberg was better. I will say yeah, that. Yeah, but this was a bit better. This one was nice too. But yeah, the, having that as an ob- objective makes just the whole movie so much more fun to me because like everyone's winning. Like random people just walking up and winning. They're like, I won, I won. And like when they have that like super advanced uh, Greco system or whatever and the guy walks up and he's like, genuine smile, Pupils are dilated. Yep, she's genuine. I was like, wow, like this is real people are winning this money. And it's it's a great heist kind of Robin Hood of the casino scene. Yeah. Really enjoyed that. I yeah, the, that. I mean, we're skipping way ahead, but like that last moment of the movie mm-hmm. I love. It brings me so much joy because oh, yeah. throughout the entire movie, yeah, they're basically, uh, you know, they have to kind of terrorize this like, um, 
inspector of the of the hotel, I guess. Like he's a guy who's like in charge of uh determining like how great this hotel is. Like uh, he, he's Al Pacino really wants to get five diamonds. That's really important to him. This guy's the guy who like decides whether this is like a five diamond hotel or not. Uh and basically the Oceans team is like terrorizing him, making his stay like terrible. Uh, and then having a member of the team pose as the uh, the inspector to Pacino. So Pacino thinks this other guy's the inspector. Anyway, so they have to kind of terrorize this guy throughout the entire movie. And it's, you know, I feel really bad for him. He seems like he's a fine guy. He just has the worst stay. He's got like bugs all over his bed. It's very disgusting. Uh, Ugh, I hated that. Oh, God, I hated that so much. Ugh. Anyway, oh, it reminded me of Phenomena. <laughs> 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 but um yeah basically uh he gets the worst time and then at the very end brad pitt like lets him use his slot machine knowing that it's gonna pay out 10 million dollars and uh the movie ends with this guy getting the 10 million dollars the sweet reward uh for all the pain and suffering that he, he gets went 11 the million the ocean team 11 million i'm sorry and it it's just because- is so, it's so nice i'm like yeah that's great that's great it's so sweet. I'm also the heist like, was never about them getting money. It was like they wanted to give it to other people. I also, watching the movie, I was like, I feel so bad for this guy, even though I knew he was going to get paid out at the end. Um, but then I realized also, I'm like, oh, this is his job. He's getting paid like a salary on top of this $11 million. So then I felt a little mm-hmm. bit less bad. I was like, this is still super unfortunate, but it's not the end of the world for him. So that made it a little bit easier to watch all those moments as he was yeah but dude had a shit time the whole time <laughs> yeah, like, some really I, thought, terrible time. I thought they i thought it was it when they like poisoned him or whatever but i didn't realize they gave him like a rash too yeah but, like he couldn't move and then they kicked him out they gave him 15 minutes to leave <laughs> that was horrible like i no, know yeah. he's got it i know he's getting paid to do this job and he's probably had some bad experiences at hotel but he was at hotels but he was like they like terrorized him. That was he, yes. Targeted poisoned. Yeah, he's he's got bugs all over his bed. He, yeah, he has this terrible, terrible rash. Like, I don't think any salary is worth that. That's <laughs> facts. So true. I, I also realized now. I'm like, did they have to go so hard on him with like just like making him <laughs> sick and then like having like a bad smell in his room and then kicking him out not be enough? Like, do they have to give him a rash? <laughs> Give him a rash. That's a Clooney said. Yeah. Give him a rash, folks. Because that makes and you think they, that actually it. it's not that hard to do well in this diamond score if this guy needs to be like literally covered in a rash <laughs> and like have just the worst experience of his life in order for him to not get it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Imagine he still gives them four diamonds at the end. He's like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not a five experience, but it was still pretty good. <laughs> I feel like you could have just given him a room with a shitty view and then like you would have like right i don't know i'm also i'm also just thinking i was like they really are risking like i know they are controlling this earthquake i know they are controlling this earthquake so they can just stop him whatever they're not gonna make the building fall down but you saw those big that big dice statue fall pretty dangerous all of those (laughs) cups and stuff are falling and all the tables are moving so i'm like they still are like I'm willing to risk a few people getting hurt in this room. But that's scene. but that's that's the cool thing about all three of the movies, though. It's like you you always believe, at least I always believe. I can't speak for anyone else, but 
I would wager a guess that other people believe this as well, what I am about to say. That it's kind of like the whole thing is like, but you always trust that they know what they're doing. That's the, that's the, like, the kind of fun thing that you have to, like, um, mm -hmm. put, put your mind on. It's like, you, you, you just got to trust, like, they always got a plan. They know what they're doing. They're so smart. They'll figure it out. They always got a plan. Nothing's going to go wrong. Even if something goes wrong, they'll figure that out, too. They might end up in jail, but they know they know how they're going to get out. Yeah. And you're always like, I don't know how they're going to figure this out because you got to be pretty smart to get around this problem. But or they the always George, do. Like, it's just literally George Clooney being like, I don't know. It's so funny. It's just like, yeah. The things that you can achieve when you're like a kind of like charismatic, like attractive, like white man, there's just like... I got a plan and but like in this movie it's like very fun but I swear that's George Clooney's entire like movie career it's just like I can do it have you guys seen mm -hmm. Seb's favorite movie Out of Sight no yeah yeah Out no. of Sight's great there's literally a scene where he just he's like robbing a bank and he goes up to this poor bank lady and he's just like charming her while also informing her that he is robbing the bank and it's just like something only Clooney can really pull off because you're still like <laughs> Like, whew. yeah. I will I gotta say, check this out. um, one of my favorite things about this movie that I don't think compares to any of the other movies is the disguises, like the plethora of disguises that they pull out. We open with George Clooney and Brad Pitt just in the casino when they're scoping it out, and George Clooney's wearing that crazy mustache with like the turtleneck with the chain <laughs> um we get brad pitt dressed as like an archaeologist with these ugly cargo shorts and this crazy hair then you get don Cheadle with the crazy like um stunt driver outfit matt damon's fake <laughs> nose like it's crazy I, and then you have saul playing the like fake british fake oh my God, i love oh, it yeah. true this movie um, really you have <laughs> there are a lot of disguises yeah casey affleck's only disguise is a mustache yeah the mustache <laughs> oh um yeah. what who is it is it who plays turk scott can turk. um turk. who plays the other mormon brother oh. his um, bro his bro when he's wearing his like waiter outfit <laughs> for like half the movie and then also oh, yeah um, well they're oh. Those two guys are always wearing costumes in the other ones. That yeah, was more their thing. Doing they're the like little... the extra weird little job they need someone to like. They're just the job yeah. people. They're like the utility guys. They're just kind of like, yeah, when do we need someone to fake? Except being they're also something? like what master hackers or something and know how to like digitally alter people's faces and like. I love oh yeah yeah that was bizarre you would think because there's the other guy who actually is like the tech guy the 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 oh, yeah but he got name? arrested Irving he was arrested also yeah, what happened early. to him did they explain that I think Irving because he smiled and I think it's because he knew that the dude because he knew it was Linus's dad but then they had to get arrested oh. so that way Roman could sneak in the new machines because Irving couldn't make the machines properly yeah but then but then they didn't all plan for him to get arrested, though, because they didn't. No, know. they did. That 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 was that was on purpose. They because he was getting arrested. No, he did. Like the the FBI guy wasn't he saying like these are fraudulent machines? But that was so that they could actually swap in the real fraudulent. Yeah, machines. but yeah, that but was then... it was like an outside job between Irving Roman and the FBI guy because 
Irving didn't want Rusty or Danny to know that he couldn't complete his part of the task. Oh, right. True. There was a part he made like, the call. I forgot about I, that. It's yeah, when very unclear. I did not understand it until this time watching oh. it, which is like my fourth time watching this movie. It's just super unclear. I t- totally forgot he made that call. <laughs> and he was like, don't tell, don't tell Danny. Yeah. But then, That's also but why then I, he should have accounted for the faces because they still had to like scramble like with yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. Irving's also, not... if the FBI guy was in on it, why did they get his fingerprints? Because he still works for the FBI, I guess, in this I guess. World. Yeah, that if... that is a murky part of it. Like, it doesn't... They... I think that's what led me to be confused when he hops in the helicopter with them all at the end. I was like, what? You arrested that guy, but then you fake arrested this guy. I think it was just... I they think, just yeah. really wanted Don Cheadle to... I think they just yeah. really wanted to do the bit with Don Cheadle, and they were like, how can we... How can we work this in? That's really what it feels like because I'm not mad about and it. I, I guess love the bit with Don maybe Cheadle. they were like, "Look how cool it's gonna be when in the background you can see the faces changing." I guess. So yeah. Funny. I don't know. But this—that's kind of my whole thing with the movie. I, I like it. I like this movie. Don't get me wrong. And I like a lot of the like things that happen during the big heist. Like it's a lot of fun, but. It does just seem like a lot of things a lot of the time. Like, I I guess it all contributes to, like, the ultimate heist and, like, getting all the money, you know, because there's a lot of, like, different things they need to accomplish throughout the casino uh, in order to, like, kind of, like, drain the whole place of money. Like, it's not just, like, they're going towards one, one vault, like, in the first one. They need to kind of be positioned mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing. But a lot of the time in, like during the heist sequence in the movie i'm kind of just like it's just a lot it just feels like a lot of things i don't know that's not that's mm-hmm. a terrible critique this is a terrible way of like vocalizing this but it's just like it doesn't feel like it's all contributing to like one great heist it's it's very scattered to me it it totally is which is why this movie is maybe not as good but i still think it's just so fun mm-hmm. it, i had a very fun time watching it mm-hmm I think it also is like um I don't know I I think maybe it's like one of those like I think it kind of is also like with the way the story is structured um and a, like sort of the central like themes of the story it is sort of like them being like okay guys goodbye we're going now we're going to end this franchise like we're not going to make five more of these like especially with like the themes that they're talking about where they like talking about sort of like analog versus like digital world and like moving on and like progress um kind of so i think it is like a lot of those plot conveniences are just sort of like yeah again it's for fun they're kind of like what do we just want to do with these movies that we haven't had the chance to how can we work them all into yeah. this yeah yeah and I, and I think that's cool and like and like don't get me wrong it is very fun and also like you know they've built a lot of goodwill over the first two movies and especially in terms of how much like fondness I have for the characters. So I, it's not like I was like, yeah, I was always having a good time uh, in the movie and I was always having fun, like spending time with these characters that I love. But uh, yeah, I just, it yeah, it is just like a lot of stuff. There's not even really like character moments for anyone, which again is fine. It's fun. It's just like a fun ride, but uh when I was going through, uh, you know, thinking about, uh, 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 
each of the characters and feeling like, oh, well, that person didn't really have a lot to do in this one. That person didn't really have it. But I don't know who really did have like a, Matt in terms Damon? of like character. <laughs> yeah, I guess Matt Damon. <laughs> but Matt sorta. Damon's character arc is the same in every single movie. Like, that's so <laughs> true. Um, <laughs> they didn't even really have like a satisfying goodbye, in my opinion. Like, no, it wasn't. It wasn't sad. The ending was not satisfying like for, to the, end a franchise, but it was satisfying for that one dude to get money. But the ending of the first one feels so good. So good. I think that's oh, also. I didn't realize that this was the end of the franchise. Incredible. It is. Or the series, I guess. Because yeah. eight came out after, but that's not the same. Yeah, if you count team. if you count eight as a sequel, I guess. Which I thought it was. I it's mean, I know not. Only, it's... only George Clooney reprises his role, right? George, George Clooney's, Clooney's not, not. No in one's it. in it. No what? Oh, I thought George Clooney was in it. He's literally sort of mentioned. I think he might be dead. I like theory. Oh. Theory. I think oh, no. George Clooney had to fake his death and Danny Ocean. Oh. That's what right, I'm right, right. guessing. Just That's... so that way Danny Ocean could have a nice life and settle down. That's what I think no, in the Elliot Gould's in it. Elliot Gould's in the in oh, eight at the okay. very end. Yeah. But in in uh... Ocean's Eight. I think it's the implied that George Clooney faked his death, but like again, he's mentioned by name, and she's Debbie Ocean. And Why I, would you name your children that? <laughs> Why would you give your children <laughs> matching <laughs> names? Like I want to talk to these Ocean parents. It's really the just ocean like family. it's like they could have just done like a lady heist movie without it being like. I feel like it's worst movie because it's in the shadow of the oceans, like franchise. Right. I don't know. I think um, yeah. my th- my take on this is if they wanted to have an oceans female version franchise, they shouldn't have made it that the gang leader was related to Danny Ocean directly. They should have had it been something like one of the members of the team. Maybe the Linus of this universe is somehow tan- tangentially related to Rusty or danny ocean but through a thing being like oh i'm um tess's like sister instead of being like directly related so that way it's not so like yeah. i don't know like why wasn't she mentioned before because that is strange yeah. that she was never mentioned like danny's sister no and Who's it's also like, a master she's thief? Fa- yeah she's like a master <laughs> yeah. like him starts the movie in jail like the first movie starts and also like it, again, it's like in the first movie, he gets out and immediately he's like trying to get back in the game somehow, right? And he's like going to visit like whatever Brad Pitt with cards and shit. When Sandra Bullock gets out of prison in this movie, the first thing that she does is like go to a department store and like steal some like makeup and clothes. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, hmm. yeah she steals like lipstick, isn't it? Yeah, and I love I like the scene. I actually was like, oh, that's kind of clever. But it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's just not as cool. The like, I, you it's know, very girl I want to support women and all, but it's not cool the way the Ocean's <laughs> Eleven is. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's okay, Hannah. I, I believe you still support women, even though you don't like Ocean's <laughs> No, I'm pretty sure I'm canceled. <laughs> <laughs> and it sucks 
Dang. But these are fun. These movies sound so they fun. Are. They're so I fun. cannot wait for you to watch Ocean's Eleven. They're okay. so I am good. so excited. Because if you weren't so enthusiastic about this, like, oh my God, I'm so excited for you to watch it. I'm Well, I do have time to watch a movie tonight, but I was either going to watch... Well, I was originally going to watch the Mario movie and then listen to the podcast episode about it. Yes. Um, but maybe I'll do both. I mean, yeah. those are my next two to watch. Hell Definitely, yeah. Definitely, like, if you are busy with school, like, there is no... I'm excited for you to watch it, but please don't feel pressured. Like, social... Like... What's the word? No, you have to watch it Peer quick. Pressure. It's going to run out. The movie's going to run out. You, no! There's, it's there's a limited amount of views. <laughs> Stop. That's so scary. Amazon's going to start that soon. Stop! Yeah. No, leave that out. Take that out of the episode. Don't give Amazon any ideas. <laughs> yeah, no. Amazon's going to listen to this and be like, wow, that's actually a pretty smart idea. Um, um, be right should back. Should we take a walk? I have to go to the washroom real quick. <laughs> okay. Go on a walk to the washroom. Should, should we take a walk? There's a lot of there's a lot of characters. Go I feel like them quick. I don't know if I can do if the if I can do whack actor because it's all just like star studded cast. Yeah, but we can use this time to at least like, we can go over the characters at least. True. Who have we had not talked about? We haven't really talked about. I mean, Saul we'll start or Yen or Who's Saul. Saul is the old guy who is playing uh, the the fake hotel reviewer. Yen is the grease man. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Bernie Mac plays Frank. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are the only ones that we haven't really mentioned at all. Okay, where do you want to start, Nara? This is your your pick. Um. I don't know because these characters, like, I don't think we've really talked about them because they haven't done much. Like, they don't really do much in this movie. Maybe we can talk about, like, Roman even when Roman does the exposition dump with them at the beginning. Or, like, I don't know. There's some parts where I'm like, these characters don't do much, but they have really charming moments still. Like, I love when they're, like, breaking down that their plan at the very beginning to, like, um, that they're going to, like, take down... um, banks and then Saul is just so confused about like the soft opening opening scenario and they're just like (laughs) and they're all like getting not annoyed with him but it like very much is just like bringing you back to that dynamic where like Linus tries to over explain stuff Danny and Rusty like under explain stuff because they're just reading each other's mind and everybody else is just like not really paying attention um but I thought that was like a charming moment I also think his British character is fun yeah, yeah. He, he, he's fun i like when he's in the bath bathroom taking off the wig i love Saul. <laughs> it's nice he, it's i like in um i mean this is oceans 12 but i like how saul like was so convinced like he's like he didn't want he didn't want to do another one his arc in oceans 12 is just like yeah i'm out you know i'm too old for this like i don't want to do this anymore but uh he can't deny how much he loves the team and how much he wants to be a part of this thing. I also, and in this one, nice. he's just like, I'm in with everybody. I also like that it's like, maybe this is like more about team dynamic, but I Hi. like, hello. I like the sort of the, the way that like Rusty and Danny Ocean are the leaders, but they're like very like noble, like 
American ideal of what a leader is, where it's like they're not going to make anyone in their team do something that they're not comfortable doing, which mm-hmm. is like I think very cool. Um, and again, maybe sort of goes into that interesting sort of like navigation of like masculinity that's in these films, where it is sort of like you're allowed to not be very good at stuff, or you're allowed to back out, and we're not going to hold that against you. But and we're not also like super. Big you don't have at- to. Well, I was just going to end there. It's also, like, they're not super, like, controlling, demanding leaders. Like, you get in, like, I don't know, like, an Avengers sort of, like, narrative mm-hmm. where they're all, like, competing to see who's the... Sh- like, either it's, like, somebody's the strongest, and if you're not listening to them, then you're letting the team down. Or the alternate where it's mm-hmm. everybody's competing for leadership because they all think they're sort of the strongest. It's, like, it's pretty, like, equal, and everybody's really comfortable with the dynamic and really, like, trusts each other. So... It like cre- it's like really interesting to like see that from like this action like team film. I think it's the bromance, like <laughs> bromance. No, honest to god, like bromance movies or like action and like kind of heist movies where there's a bromance as like this the kind of main central relationship often tend have like really interesting portrayals of like masculinity and like male intimacy in a way that is like more subversive than you might expect on the surface. I feel like this fits into that even Fast and Furious. Yeah, I think, I but I think the but though I think the difference though with Fast and Furious though there is still the kind of like posturing amongst the group and like who's the For leader, sure. who's the strong one, who's like there's still this kind of sense of like ego and competition between everyone. Right. I I do think that and and you know I love those movies. Uh but I do yeah. think the difference with like the I, I suppose, like, portrayal of masculinity in this series is, like, yeah, no one really has, like, an ego. No one's really worried about, like, I mean, they want to, like, you know, do a good job and prove themselves in, like, their role within the group. But it's not really about, like, oh, I, I need to be, like, the, the the big man. I need to be the one in control. Except Linus. Like, I would say the Linus, Danny relationship is kind of exploring that because I think Rusty as a number two is perfect because he's this kind of laid back Brad Pitt type character he's not he doesn't want to be the guy in charge he knows he's like better as a right-hand man but the whole Linus Danny thing is like kind of I, that don't you think I think the Linus thing is more so he wants to prove himself to Danny because then he'll prove himself to his dad or to yeah, his family. Yeah, that's what I took from it as well. That's sort of, like, what I took it away as. I think maybe in the first film, there is part of it where he's trying to, like, be like, no, I can... I think more so Linus is trying to prove himself to, like, Brad Pitt or, like, Rusty in the, like, first mm-hmm. one. And he wants to be sort of, like, on Rusty's level or prove to Danny that he can be on Rusty's level so that it's, like, stuff doesn't always need to get filtered down to him as the new guy. Whereas everybody else, I think, is, like, pretty secure in their position. Right, but then there's well, Linus is never trying to like usurp usurp Danny though. Like he's just trying to like prove that he belongs as part of the group. But the competition then between like also like Danny and what's his face? I can never remember it. His nemesis, Terry. Yeah, well that uh, that and that's a big thing in the second one. The the French guy, what's his name? Uh, Like Vincent Cassel, and you know. I kind of spoke about this earlier when talking about Ocean's 12, but I think that's the really fascinating contrast is like that guy really needs to prove he's the best. Like it's all about ego for him. It's all about like, I am the greatest thief. I am the big man. I am Mm. the perfect man. 
And that's not a concern with the Oceans team. They they don't care about that. They, you know, it's very pointedly shown in contrast to like this egoless group of friends yeah. who get along. Definitely between within the team. I just don't know if I would say that like, like I would say Danny Oceans is like, or Danny Ocean is like 70% ego. And like so much of his success comes from his like, impenetrable ego and also like his motivating factor especially in the first one is that his ego has been scorned because his woman was taken by this richer more successful man and it is really like a kind of a show of like who's the real guy you know money can't buy like manliness or which like again i still think it's a great (laughs) interesting character i don't think you like, I think all of these movies kind of deal with different forms of masculinity. But what I meant was, like, I don't think that Fast and Furious is, like, equal to this in the way that it explores it. But I do think because there's no other genre that really allows men to explore their feelings towards each other and against each other in the way that this, like, the action and, like, kind of thriller genres do. Because they're there's something about like the overly quote unquote like masculine tones of the genres that like allow you to sneak in themes of friendship and love and intimacy and competition and fragile egos and all of that in a way that like and like the complicatedness of friendships that like I think there's a reason these kind of movies can like be read as queer coded really easily you know fast and furious definitely point break i would say even here like it but it's because all they're doing is like showing like the actual intricacies of like male friendships and relationships in a way that like no other genre really allows maybe comedies now like seth rogan type movies but like that's really new i feel like this is really a special genre in that way i guess that's true it's also like yeah there's okay you go um, there's also, yeah, a few scenes where Brad Pitt and uh, George Clooney are talking to each other about, like, relationships for two seconds. Like, before they dive into the plan, they're, like, just – I couldn't even catch the full conversation. But, like, it, it feels like the end of a full conversation that they decided to give us, like, a snippet of before they get right back into the the heist action. Uh, and that was, that was interesting. I wish they, they fleshed those out more. Um, but yeah, I, that is a cool feature of those of this genre. Like, I feel like yeah, there aren't a lot others that do this that come to mind at all. Um, yeah, definitely cool. Yeah, I think that's why there's also like such a kind of like heavy amount of like either like buddy cop or like buddy criminal or like one of us is a criminal, one of us is a cop, but we also like really love and appreciate each other. Movies is because like it it's in these like kind of like again like pose this like hyper masculine spaces that like you're able to explore the complications of like male relationships it's real it's interesting i don't know mm-hmm. i've been thinking mm-hmm. about buddy or bromance films a lot and like i realize those are some of my favorite movies which is like usually i'm like you know i didn't realize how much i love like men like loving each other like and appreciating <laughs> each other like on, <laughs> like you know I think the two best movies about male friendship are Jesus Christ Superstar and The Social Network. 
Really? I feel like the social network doesn't like it because everybody's so cold and jaded. I like want to, one of my favorite scenes. Well, like about how their friendship falls apart. I know, but, but they, I guess, I guess it's just the frustrations of like the Mark Zuckerberg character. It's like, he is like, I know, it gets in the way of a friendship. He gets in the way of a real connection. And the whole thing is like, that's all he wants, but he doesn't realize how much he's fucking over like the actual friend he had. You're that Mark Zuckerberg? <laughs> I think the most, one of the most beautiful Character scenes Mark in a Zuckerberg. movie. Character Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, I can't speak to the real person, but, yeah. you know, well, it's probably I, true. <laughs> I was thinking, you guys have seen Superbad, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, you a know the scene towards the end where they're just lying in the sleeping bags and they finally just say that they love each other? They've been best friends yeah, for all beautiful. these years. It's one of the most beautiful kind of... I don't know. It's just interesting that you have to like, obviously the movie contrasts that with them, like using like gay slurs and just talking about well how they want to hook up with chicks and stuff, the whole movie that like allows them to kind of create that space for them to be intimate. And like, that's a really kind of complicated way that film kind of exp- like, I don't know, uh, mediates how it can show like, intimacy between male friends but i also think it is like such a beautiful scene mm-hmm. so i'm getting all sorry i've been like by myself for 12 hours every day and i was thinking really deeply about <laughs> bromances the other day hey, love <laughs> love hearing it love hearing it love having you back on the pod <laughs> i miss the pod yeah. in Welcome your back. new millennial room um <laughs> listeners at home you can't tell but we're on google meet I think it's with a cafe. like with the classic millennial backgrounds. Um, they're very cool. Well, I'm in Greece. You are oh, in sorry. Greece. Yeah, what if I? <laughs> I can be in my modern living room. Oh, that's a cool, that's a cool modern living room. What wow. <laughs> nice shelf. Thanks. We were there's talking lot- about this off pod, but everyone, all the listeners should know that Funke's background, <laughs> there's a bunch of books on a shelf. But we're not. We don't see the spine of the book. All the books are turned so that we see the page you side of the book. Pages. It's so. It's so messed up. I hate it so much. It's, it's so like, scary. My book, only other place I could see this setup is like a haunted library. So yeah, no, just... you can see the spines of my books. Take note. Yeah, mm. that I appreciate that because it, it seems like Funke is like yeah, it's a haunted library. All those books are about to like pop off the shelf yeah. and <laughs> or start talking or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's um, very scary. let me check the time. Okay, I might have yeah. to wrap soon. Okay. Do we want to? Where do we want to head off to? Uh, let's finish. I think we should finish on the other characters we didn't hit. You guys like Yen? I like Yen. Yeah. Yen doesn't really have any character in any movie. Yeah, he's sort of just, like, objectified throughout all three of the movies. It's like, (laughs) look at this guy who can do these wild things with his body. And he is cool, but it's just, like, he doesn't do anything. In this movie, they didn't even really get him to do that many cool things with his body. Yeah, the second one, I guess, is the biggest one. He does a lot. I love the second one. The whole... You can finish. You can... My my point is about the second movie. It's fine. His whole place on the team in the first one is because he's the only person who can like pull off these crazy stunts. And then in this one, did he do a single stunt? He went through the elevator shaft. He does the thing in the elevator. And, he, and yeah. he's like, no, too fast. And they're like, but you did the bullet train thing. And he's like, nah, bro. And they're all like, bro. That was CGI. I will say like, 
Does it feel like it's supposed to be a running joke that he speaks in Mandarin and then they all respond in English? And then it's just yes. like... That's what I thought the first time. I don't think it's necessarily supposed to be a joke. I don't think okay. it's supposed to be like played for comedy. I, in the first one, it feels like that. But uh, I don't know. I can't tell if it's supposed to be like making fun. I think. It seems very like they just understand each other. But I think, I think sometimes earlier it's ones. Like... Oh, I was just saying, I think in the earlier ones, the joke is that only like Danny and Rusty or like only Rusty can understand him. So they need somebody to like translate or something like that but then now it seems like more and more of the team understands what he's saying um or like everyone can understand what he's saying when he's speaking in cantonese but i don't think bernie macked it but true yeah because we did i mean that is a common joke in many movies many american uh comedies where it's like Someone speaks in a foreign language and then other people understand it and it's supposed to be like, what, how would they understand that? And also we only get half of the conversation, right? They're just responding and we're like, we have no idea what this person said. And, then yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's usually a stupid, tired joke. It just didn't yeah. seem like it was ever really supposed to be played like for comedy in these movies. But I think maybe in the early or at least in Ocean's... I think maybe in Ocean's, like, 11, it was more so, like, the language barrier was more so a character thing to flesh out Rusty and Danny as these very, like, personable, like, worldly characters to -hmm. be, like, nobody else, like, everybody else is sort of just, like, so specialized in their one thing that they don't really, like, get out that much. But then, like, the, like, Danny and Rusty's thing are to be, like, people, people, like, to be, like, good and charismatic and good at, like, talking to people. So then it's, like, developing that part of the character and then it just sort of like carried through i think like the running gag is that it just carried through it's like the rest of the series Hmm. yeah the gags that really suck which i only really remember it in the second one is when it's like uh he swears in english oh he did that in this one too did he do that in this one i can't remember shit 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 shit. oh yeah i oh yeah i don't even remember that in this one but yeah, and that's a that's a very tired joke you see in a lot of American comedies as well, where it's yeah. like, yes, the 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 person who speaks a foreign language can only swear in English, and it's supposed to be funny. Mm. Uh, and then I yeah I don't know. But yeah, I wish I wish that character got more to do. He is cool. The things the stunts he's able to pull are cool. I'm also seeing um, just going on his Wikipedia, which might not be the best you know, indication. Uh, Shin Shaobo, he looks like he is... The the Oceans he, movies are the only movies he's in. Because he's professionally... And he's also in Oceans 8, apparently. I think oh, professionally oh. he is, like, a, like, acrobat. Like, I think that is his... Yeah, that's profession. what it says. He's a he's a, a Chinese actor, acrobat, and contorted, contortionist. Is he, like, is, are these uh, the only, like... His first performance took place when he was 11 years old. Wow, that's pretty cool. Let's go. But he's got a great screen presence. I mean, I think he could he could be in more movies for sure. But is he is he like are are those the only like like American films he's in? Like is he in like other films like or is it just Um those are the only things on his Wikipedia. Let me check his oh, okay. IMDb. Yeah, he doesn't he's not credited in any other movies. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think he's got great screen presence. I wish I wish he uh, got to do more in the movies. And I, I feel love like that's his... an interesting choice. 
to like ch- like like casting like an actual acrobat and having them act is like very interesting because normally they would just hire like an actor and then like have a stunt double it's like an interesting situation yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I think his I think his character does shine the most in in twelve. I think his character has the most like character yeah. moments in twelve. And he's a pretty big part of the uh, all the all the stuff in twelve. There's a lot of acrobatic stuff he's got to do. Um, guys, it's two. Should we speed up so Funko can? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I how, think... how many characters do we have yeah, left I of think, the eleven? I think we only have Bernie Mac. Okay. He's the only character, like he's the only person we haven't really talked about at all. But he doesn't really do anything. His isn't his whole thing is just that he like literally just works in the casinos. So he's he like knows s- how the casinos work. Like yeah, in the work- first one, yeah, in the first one, he's like a fairly big part of the operation. Yeah, I sort of assume like I mean his health was declining at this point. Um, mm. I imagine it was probably tough for him to act. Right. Uh, he passed away like the year after this movie came out. So yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like it's pos- it's it, it's possible that's a reason why he's kind of in twelve and thirteen. He doesn't have he's not really much enough. of a role, which is unfortunate because I really like him in the first one. I think he's, he's a great so character good. in the first yeah. one, and and I mean Bernie Mac is an amazing actor and comedian. Mm-hmm. It's would have been nice to see him more, but yeah, maybe the health was the was the problem. Yeah, I'm sure they would have wanted him to be in the movie more. He's a pretty big star and yeah, he's like a also big, a great actor. He's a big star. Like, he's a good actor. It's also like, um, I don't know. Given his that his character sort of thing is that he just knows a lot about casinos. Um, I feel like that's like pretty easy to write him like a bigger part in this movie. Like, given that they are heisting yeah. a casino yeah. again. I didn't know that was his like trait from the first one. Like. Yeah. It feels like he was very underused then. Like he was kind of sectioned off to do kind of a gimmicky new game. Um, but yeah, maybe even as an advisor or something could have been used differently. Well, yeah, in the first, so he's like, he's a dealer who doesn't he get fired or something because he's like, he's like, like isn't it that like, something. yeah, like he's in between positions or something, isn't he? I think the thing is that I think that's a, the thing in the first one where he's like just moved between a bunch of different casinos because he right. keeps like rigging the games and then getting a cut out of like whoever he's making a deal with. But he's like kind of like the man on the ground, like he knows how everything like works in that sense. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. He's the in. In every heist movie, there's like some like, there's someone who's already on the inside, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I mean, I think he's good. Obviously, as we said, he doesn't do a lot in this movie, unfortunately. But he does, he does crawl through that vent. I was confused when they like had that. Like, I never realized until watching it this time why they had that one scene where it was like Danny and Rusty in like mech or whatever. Try like, and they're just wearing these huge, ridiculous coats, talking to Linus, and then they like get a call from the factory and i'm like why are they just in this outdoor clothing store trying on coats like why are they just wearing these yeah. giant puffer coats but then it's because they're like crawling through the vents or whatever and then bernie mac is wearing one right. of the big coats um, um also there's a lot of great shots of like him and clooney and like brad pitt just kind of like looking at, like at each other like 
looking at the thing and like kind of giving like eyes and like there's a shot of someone looking like this and you know what I mean this movie is like half people just kind of signaling each other with their eyes or like <laughs> looking out so that's in very cool ways yeah yeah, yeah it's always so cool like... I love when yeah they just give like a nod or something and it's just like oh yeah when he just got the glasses like, what, what, like, what are you thinking yeah <laughs> So good. Very oh, good so stuff. Cool. Um, would we like to head to the 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 wackometer? We get the put the results in, Wee. get our numbers. Wee. Let's do it. Uh, who wants to begin? Hmm. All right, I guess I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll do it. Go on. Oh, it should be. St- Did we ever say we're we're in the midst of a mini series about uh, <laughs> no. toys and games called we Whack in the Box? The game. And that's like... why. I... Yeah, what's the game in this movie? It's pretty like loose. Gambling, I guess. <laughs> any gambling associated blackjack, but it's like crafts, not even poker, about the game poker. of gambling. See, I would, I would have no, done. No, poker's a game. Game, but you they're know, not they're... even playing. Po- like, I get what you're saying, True. but like, Sl- it's not about slots. like how to play the game. It's about see, like gaming in the movie. Yeah, but it's a big, it's a big part of the, I, the climax, though. All the people winning at the games. I would have chosen Ocean's Twelve, <laughs> but there is so much less gaming in Ocean's Twelve than there is in this movie. So I had to. Yeah, there's none. There's, there's like no literally game none gaming. It's just heisting. So that's why I chose 13. Um, but yes. Um, I mean, I think all the gaming is is great. It pays off. It pays off like a casino. Hell yeah. To see people win the games. It's the joy that comes from winning games. Mm-hmm. Sure. Why not? That's good. Uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, I'll give it a... Um, I'll give it a 3.5. Uh, but I would say I'd probably give the second one a 4. I think it's slightly less whack than the second one. The Brad, um, the the Bruce Willis, Julia Roberts storyline. Oh, that's, yeah. Oh, man. I mean, hopefully one day we can do 12. I think 12 is, like, really whack and, and, and great. Yeah, the, the plot line where <laughs> Julia Roberts has to pretend to be like the actor Julia Roberts has to pretend to be Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts, in the and everyone's like, you, you know, you don't look that much like Julia Roberts. Wait, so what? Really funny. <laughs> no, and then she really? meets Bruce, and then Bruce Willis, the real Bruce Willis, is in the movie. <laughs> I, playing himself. We have to watch this. Ocean's Twelve is so good. It, it's like actually a masterpiece. Oh, so the laser sequence. Oh, oh so good. So good. Oh, Ocean's Twelve rules. But anyway, yeah, three point five. I think it's um, I think it's good. You know, I like I like all the oceans movies. Uh, I, you know, we already kind of talked about this, but I do love that. Like, yeah, it, this this, it's it's another you know similar to Ocean's Twelve. It's sort of like an anti heist in a way. They're not really trying to like steal something, and not really trying to steal something for their own gain. At least they're like, just trying to ruin this one guy who who uh, is a bad dude and who, like, messed with their friend. That's cool. I love that. I love that as a motivation for a heist. And that the heist is really just to, like, ruin ruin this guy's hotel. Beautiful. Love it. Uh, 3.5. A lot of cool cinematic techniques. A lot of, like, Soderbergh just... And, and, the, and the other filmmakers of the movie 
just trying weird shit. Love it. So Love good. to see it. 3.5. I, um, I really, really enjoyed the movie. I love the sense of scale. Very cool to see just like how they would solve the, they would be presented with so many issues and they would just solve them. Like the guy's like, how are you going to do the dice? They're straight for the manufacturer. They're like, we're just going to the manufacturer and then we're going to mess it up from there. Um, and I thought that was very nice because they really had it all planned out. Um, I don't think it was too whack because it felt like they had it so meticulously planned that it was just, everything was going well. Um, and even when things like kind of, were seeming off and like the stakes were risen, it still felt like they had it under control, as Adam said earlier. So I'm going to have to give it a two. All right. But I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I never was like, this is whack. It's definitely like less coherent than the first movie, which I think it's like <laughs> very similar to, except it's just a little like, Feel, like but the, the first, first one, movie is so perfect. Most heist movies saying. are confusing. Most well, heist the, movies are confusing. Yeah. No, I know. The, fir- the first one is like an a- the first one is a is a an aberration because it's so clear. It's so impressive. I know, but that's what I know. But I'm just saying it's kind of it's very similar to the first one, except yeah. that it's less coherent, which is fun. I don't know. I don't think it's like that whack. Like, all of the kind of things that are whack about it are also whack about the entire franchise for the most part, except for the fact that they just had them doing, like, like random roles that, like, weren't... So, I don't know. I'm going to say, like, 2.5. I think... I do think it's whack the way it portrayed women in a bad way, but I also think it's fun, not the way they portrayed women, like, the movie. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't... I feel like it's not really moving me in the not whack or the whack direction. So yeah, 2.5. Just is. Yeah, in my heart of hearts, um, I think I'm, I want to give this like a whack score just because the first time I watched it, I was like, this is so weird. Like, why did they do this? Like, how, why is this film like this? Um, like, especially yeah. like comparing it to like the first one. And the second one, even which I think has like a more whack sort of plot, but then the filmmaking in it is more sort of conventional, whereas the filmmaking in this one is just so weird. Like not weird as in like, oh, I've never seen that done before. I'm just like, why? Like there's just like Hannah, you were saying like so many montages. They use like eight different fonts. They're just like so like super intense tints. It's just like really weird. Mm. The filmmaking um but oh, yeah. yeah the tints that's so orange i love it it looks so weird. i really enjoyed the orange also there's like these weird i like i love the way the zoom-ins work and i think they're so cool like i love the zoom-ins especially like the one when they're opening when it like zooms it like zooms out from one thing and then like pans and it like zooms in on the plane um but i think like it is a fairly conventional or at least the a plot is fairly like conventional and straightforward but then they have the like the weird b plot with the like um the factory in mexico and then with vincent cassell's character like coming back and having his weird little thing and then also like i guess whatever like matt damon has going on with his nose which is kind of like a b plot but then gets written to the a plot it's kind of weird so i'm not gonna say it's super whack but it is a little bit whack so i'm gonna give it a that part sucks though that part's so bad that that part 
is awful, but it I just think it's like there's just a lot going on. Um Yeah. So it but I didn't yeah. realize there was a plot line. I just saw them rip off his nose. <laughs> no, he's all throughout it. He was like, no, the he's like on the phone with his dad and he's like, no, the Brody's gonna work. I'm gonna do it. It's gonna work. It's gonna pay off. Um, so yeah, I like it's oh, not. It's I just, just thought you meant that scene itself, like with. The, oh, the it was like Adrian Brody's and... nose. Yeah. No, I just meant the. Oh, I didn't even realize like, that repetitive thing of the nose. Oh, yeah. So I don't think it like it's a little bit whack, but not super whack. So yeah, a three, three from me. All right, okay. I will take these numbers. I'll put them into the sheet. I'm going to walk across my book shelf. Oh, wow. What is that? Do you guys see that on the screen? Nara, can you tell what number that is? Um, I think the number is a, it's a 2.75. The same. Okay. Wow. It's equally as whack as nerve. Oh shit! I and in the number one spot, we still got Digimon. <laughs> we still got Digimon out here. That'd be tough to beat. That'd be tough to beat. Love Digimon out here at a four point <laughs> six nine. So um, Ooh. I've been on this podcast for over a year, and I've never won. Wait, did I win? If Digimon wins, I'm gonna be freaking pissed. You definitely won. <laughs> you won one. I only won I for the first time one. last series, Hannah. So. Well, who's winning every single time? I've won like two or three. <laughs> wow. Hmm. Not to brag. The Michael Jordan of the Wackometer over here. I know. <laughs> Wait, which ones did I win with? I think I won. And I'm the Glenn Close. Glenn Close. Glenn Close. I won with She's... Hackers. Yeah, and... famous basketball player Glenn Close. Glenn Close has yeah. never won an Oscar. Yeah, That's she's been joke. nominated a bunch of times, right? That's the. That's oh, isn't the. Well... A... And she's old. Uh, Amy Adams also nominated yeah, but, like six times and never won. But Glenn Close is like very old. It yeah. feels like by this point she would have won. Whereas like Amy, it's like she'll get, she'll get there. Yeah, she'll win at some point. But no, because Even if it's for a not deserving performance, they'll just eventually give it to her. But oh, you had to have a listener come in from New Mexico, <laughs> just like Olivia <laughs> Coleman, and take away my. No, I was never gonna win this one, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, even if John wasn't that high, nerve is not. I'm yeah, I know, I. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's all. Come back us, for folks. the rest of the series and and find out if Digimon takes home the golden controller, or if something else usurps Digimon. Uh, next week, I think. Small Soldiers with special guest, Tim Blair. Oh, whoa. I I'll didn't know that. this. Wait, celebrity guest, Tim Blair? I got to confirm that, but I'll do that before this comes out. Let's and if go. if it's not confirmed, then Wait. I'll cut this. Have okay. you all seen Starship Troopers? No. No. But I, I saw just you watched watch that and it felt like war. I was like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. Um... <laughs> Definitely recommend you watch it. It's, it's kind of interesting. Directed by Total Recall director Paul Verhoeven. Is it actually? Yeah, same director. Oh my gosh. Yep. So, there you go. Did it have Total Recall vibes? Um, not really, but I could see from like it is sci-fi futuristic and but it's more 
like a of a military flick, TV right. H. True skis. I want to bring that on sometime. I'll find oh, a way. I'd love to see it. Um, so yes, uh, next week come back for hopefully small soldiers, uh, the continuation of our Whack in the Box series. Uh, thank you to Emma Kudlack for the logo. Thank you to Ian Mills for the music. Go to at InsomniacFest on Instagram, Insomniac underscore Fest on Twitter, InsomniacFestival.com, any of those places to learn more about us. Also, if you go to InsomniacFestival.com, you can watch Insomniac the movie and play Insomniac the movie, the game, Woo! which is now released and freaking rules so much. And yes! You can also buy merch there for the movie. Uh, and it, uh, it's So everything's there. Just go to InsomniacFestival.com. Um, did I hit everything? That's everything, right? Yep. Good night, Ryan. Are we still doing that? Good night, Ryan. Good night. Oh, good night, Ryan. Of course, of course, of course. And of course. how does the movie <laughs> end? Oh, I've won like... eleven million dollars. Oh yeah. yeah. Yay! As if, okay, for real though, if a guy won eleven million dollars at the airport, like people would not be like, "Good for you." They'd be like, "Let like give me some." They'd be like, how is there $11 million in an airport casino? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like in one slot machine at an airport? I don't really know how slot machines work. I want to love... I've never gone to a casino. We don't have... Because we don't have casinos in in Toronto. I don't want to go to a casino. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever go to one, but... I, but I think they're like a, they're illegal in Toronto in the GTA, aren't they? I thought we did have a casino. They it's wanted some, to make a I, casino I, at Ontario Place. I thought that there was. That would suck. Ontario Place is cool right now. It's like a park. It's just like a public park. I know. And no cars can get there, so you just walk. It's, oh, it's awesome right now. Okay. Gotta go there when it gets. If started. they put a casino there, that would be awful. Okay, I gotta go to class. Yeah, now. I was gonna say we should <laughs> Yes, all right, all right. Bye. Okay, bye. 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 Mom, get out. I'm doing a podcast. <laughs>